We are live at WindDailySports.com. My name is John Jansen. Follow me at jjansen34. Another live stream here for you, all sponsored by the Sharp app. And, of course, every Tuesday for the NFL season, we are going to be doing some targets and touches. And we actually have some data to look through. We actually get the numbers. We get the Finally. Di- I can't wait. This is, it's so much better when you get to do this. I'm, like Monday was just it was amazing to actually talk about what had happened instead of what's going to happen. So we get to do a little bit of both here with targets and touches. I'm joined by my guy, Stoby. You can follow at S-T-O-W-E-B-Y on Twitter. Make sure to subscribe for gold membership, windailysports.com. NFL 2021 is a promo code that you can use to get $100 off a six-month gold membership at Windaily Sports. So Stoby, uh, first of all, I'll start here with targets and touches because there are two guys that, at least at running back, which I want to start out with all the running backs, that truly stand out to me. Joe Mixon and Mark Ingram, good Lord, they got a heavy dosage. I don't know if we're expecting that every week, but, I mean, that's a pretty good start week one. Well, I I was I was kind of expecting Joe Mixon not quite to that volume. I know we had we had talked about Mixon. I I thought this was going to be his breakout year. So, and this is smart to use him as the workhorse while Burrow gets himself kind of comfortable coming back from that knee injury. So that's that's fantastic. It also helps that it was the Vikings' run defense. So it helps. It helps. It yeah. Helps. <laughs> now Mark Ingram, uh. I had no idea that they were going to play that well, to be honest with you. And I think that's more of a situation where um, uh, Saban or not Saban, uh, Urban Meyer was, I don't know what he was doing because that run, that running game was averaging five yards a carry. And he decided to let Joe Burrow throw the ball 51 times and run this game plan. That does not make any sense for Houston, which kind of allowed them to get up get a lead that I don't think many of us were thinking was going to happen. Right. Yeah. And so Trevor Lawrence dropped back 51 times. So, uh, yeah, it was a heavy passing game. We weren't expecting that. And on the Houston side of things, you know, they got out to such a big lead that they just started running the ball a lot. But I think, I think we at least know this, like it is, that's Joe Mixon's backfield, right? Like I think by far, like very clear that is Joe Mixon or that is Mark Ingram's backfield. Oh, there, yeah. There's Philip Lindsay's like he's going to get involved. We saw him get involved in the passing game a little bit. And of course, David Johnson got a, a few carries, but Mark Ingram's the guy. Now, it you still have to play situational here because Houston's still very bad and they're not going to play Jacksonville's defense every single time. They're playing so Cleveland. Right. So, like this matchup here, I expect maybe some touches for sure. I'm not expecting any of the results though. So, Mark Ingram in this spot would be a heck no for me. Uh, in the in the, I guess furthest possibility. Like I just, there's no way in any in any circumstances I'm putting him in. But it is noticeable to say that he is the number one guy. So when the matchup does come again, like Jacksonville, we can go. Okay, Ingram's going to be the guy here. We can get, see close to you know 20, 25 carries out of the backfield. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. He's he's very situational. Don't don't plug him into your DFS lineup here come Sunday because it's not going to go well for you. <laughs> was there? Yeah, no, it's not. And was was there anything else that surprised you in terms of running back? I think two of them for me and the Detroit. Obviously, you know things are different. All these game scripts that happen for these teams in Week One likely aren't always going to be the same for Week Two and for the rest of the season. Like Detroit's not going to be down thirty-one ten, you know, in the first half 
every game. Now they will be down in every game, it seems like, but they won't be getting beat like that by the 49ers every single time. But DeAndre Swift was heavily utilized in the passing game, 11 targets. He led the Lions in targets. So did uh, TJ Hawkinson at 10. But he had eight receptions, 65 yards, and a touchdown, led the team in carries, 11 carries for 39 yards, even though Jamal Williams was a little bit more efficient out of the backfield. But I think, you know, while Jamal Williams could actually be a better back when it comes to carrying out of the backfield, and I love DeAndre Swift, so I, I think that would be pretty neck and neck, and I think I would still give the edge to Swift. Uh, still, he is by far their all-around back, and he's going to be heavily utilized in the passing game, it looks like. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, most most of the time, uh, the Lions are going to be down, so you can yeah. you can feel pretty pretty safe that his his uh, targets and through the air is going to be it's going to be pretty good all season. I wasn't expecting them to be utilized quite as much in the passing game. So, that, I mean, that's a – I thought Williams was going to get get a little bit more out of it, maybe edge him out in that. But, I mean, he looks they, – they, they, that's a good running back tandem they have, have in Detroit. That's kind of a, a bright yes, spot if you were to look at it. So, yeah. that was definitely surprising. Now, so, uh, uh, Derek Henry was a surprise. I was expecting a lot more out of Derek Henry. Uh, that, that whole – that whole game was just strange to watch, watch them throttle the Titans like that in week one. And um, who's the other one that I was looking at? That was a little bit. Yeah. Strange. There, there are two backfield situations that I thought, you know, because of healthy scratches or yeah, healthy scratches were very interesting. First of all, we'll start with Trey Sermon in San Francisco. He was a scratch, but now Raheem Mostert's injured. He's in the IR, you know, Elijah Mitchell's the guy, but, you know, this this Kyle Shanahan offense utilizes multiple running backs, and I imagine Mitchell is not going to get you know 19 carries every single game. You know, this is a backfield where multiple guys can get double digit touches. So, do you expect Mitchell to get the majority of the carries, or you know, who's some of the other guys that you think get involved here? And is it Trey Sermon? Uh, honestly, with with San Francisco, the the coaching staff and the beat writers happen to be. Uh, play in this little game where they do not release injury information until after the game starts. Nice. So I don't, I don't know how they're doing that because they did not tell anybody that Trey Sermon got passed on the depth chart until after kickoff. Right. Uh, and so it, that whole situation, and they also didn't tell us about Brandon Ayuk and his, uh, and it was a quad or it was a hamstring. They were trying to ease him in slowly they didn't release any of that information. They were he was not on the injury report. They did not talk about it at all. So they're not doing their freaking job over there in San Francisco. And they're uh, uh, that sort of stuff is supposed to actually get released to people so that we can do our analysis. And that is just that that's a that's a failure of a different sort. So to be honest with you, if that continues, I'm not going to be able to give anybody a good read on San Francisco because if they're not honest with us, we can't project these things accurately. Yeah, and well, the, the 49ers running back situation is already it's one that's messy to begin with. Yeah. So I don't think we're going to get really anything concrete out of this. Uh so I, I would say Elijah Mitchell would be the guy. Uh and I Trey think- Sermon. Trey Sermon is a scratch. You know, I'm gonna take that on the surface and just say, look, maybe it's not going to be his backfield for now. I think mm-hmm. where else I want to go is uh the Buffalo Bills backfield with Devin Singletary, uh Zach Moss. A healthy scratch, but what do you think of Singletary here? Uh, that was that was surprising as hell. Uh, uh, if if they try to to, to have a, a concerted effort in the run game for Buffalo, which it seems like they they 
are leaning into it a lot more than they did last season. Uh, I do like potentially looking at, at Singletary as like in your seasonal, picking them up on the waiver wire and trying to see what's going on there because I, I wasn't expecting that. I mean, we were we were all kind of looking at, at Buffalo's backfield and thinking that Zach Moss was going to be the guy that came out on top early. So it was it was very much a surprise to see that. Is my audio out or hold on just a second. Sorry about that, fellas. We've got a little technical difficulties. We'll be back. <laughs> but the uh yeah, Zach Moss and, and Devin Singletary, that was kind of a, a, a strange situation. And then uh let me see here. I was looking at I found it kind of odd that Miles Sanders was still getting getting spells where he wasn't getting used uh with uh uh <clears throat> You're not back yet. All right. With uh, Kenneth Gainwell, especially down there at the goal line, that was a little bit odd. Sorry about that radio station stuff, ladies and gentlemen. There you oh, go. Okay. Okay. There you go. I wasn't, I wasn't sure if we were having a, I wasn't sure if we were having technical difficulties or what. No, no, no. I was making you see if you would sink or swim here. Uh, and no, you did pretty good, but yeah, oh, yeah. that, that running back situation is going to be one to watch for in Buffalo. You know what? Now that we got two questions here, Stoby, 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 Stoby. Kenneth Gainwell, really? Is that? Yeah. Are we doing yeah. that? Are we doing this? It's a thing? I, I, it's not a thing for us, but it's a thing for Philly. It I, is. I was well, not. I, I thought he was going to get the, the he was going to be the RB2. Uh, so to see that wasn't surprising to see how involved he was in the running game specifically. I, I thought he would be the pass catching role, you know, for Boston Scott, he would take that over and he very clearly did. I was really shocked to see Kenneth Gainwell get as many carries as he did, and especially a goal line carry and a short yardage carry as well. So those two circumstances pretty much surprised the heck out of me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was not expecting that because if those touches went to Sanders, I mean, we had him we had him locked in as a GPP play and he was like 4% owned. If he did not lose out on those key downs, I mean, he could have ended up, you know, RB2, RB3 on on the evening when it was all said and done and we just kind of missed out on it. Um it, it's it's a it's a freaking mess, man. Uh let me see. But still I'm, Miles Sanders got enough enough of yeah, the touches he, and, and usage yeah. that it's, it's okay for him. Right. I think it's yeah. just trying to figure out, you know, if how, how involved Gainwell is going to be. And I think he's, he's the number two guy clearly, and there's nobody else there. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's, and it's not like his, his output, you know, most of the running backs didn't, uh, didn't really do a whole lot unless your name was Mixon McCaffrey or, you know, Dow cook or, you know, Nick Chubb. So it, it's, you had a lot of you had a lot of wide receivers that ended up outscoring a lot of these running backs, which isn't isn't typically how it goes with DFS. A lot of the times, your your running backs are the ones that are that are far and above ahead, except for like your one offs. So I was uh, it was it was an interesting little week. Yeah, it really was, especially for the Eagles. And look, they're not going to win every game thirty two to six. Uh, you know, they could be better than than people expect. 
but just it's not going to be that every single week. So it's just figuring out if game most going to get touches, if games are a little bit closer, a little bit low scoring, if that's going to be the case. But uh, yes, that is an Eagles hat, by the way. Uh, go birds, baby. Uh, but yeah, I, I just it's to me, it's Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, and that's it. So if you ever see a spot where you think the Eagles are going to be in a game script where they have to you know, pass a little bit more. Gainwell's going to be involved in the passing game. And Miles Sanders can. Uh, he was involved in a lot of screen passes. But uh, I think that, you know, Kenneth Gainwell is one that is going to benefit in a game script that is going to be more pass heavy. Uh, and I think that is going to happen a, a few times. Uh, absolutely this season. So Gainwell is one to watch. But yeah, Miles Sanders, look, got enough of the carries. 15 carries, 74 yards. He was outstanding. Uh, even had five targets for four receptions. So, yeah, it's it's Miles Sanders' backfield, and uh, that's going to be interesting to see you know, just how that continues to go. And, look, that, that was a game where I thought maybe they could have ran the ball a little bit more if they actually yep. were able to put the – you know, get some more points earlier in that game. I thought they left some points in the field in the first half, which then they would have blown that game open, you know, before even the third quarter ended. But – you know, it, it was a good game plan, and Miles Sanders definitely, I think, showing you. Still an RB2, but I, I think he proved you a solid RB2, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I feel comfortable still continuing to use him going forward. They didn't do anything that just that that made me kind of concerned. It was just a little bit odd to see those extra gain well touches. I'm still good with with using him getting the lion's share of the work. I, yeah. I think his his workload will, will continue to be 15-plus carries and then a handful of targets every – every week under a Sirianni offense. So I'm not, I'm not concerned about it. It was just a little bit odd to see, to see that target share in the way. And that might've been a, that might've been a result of it being week one and wanting to ease people yeah. in and not have people take, you know, the bulk of the carries um, in week one and kind of getting them in the game shape because they didn't really utilize the preseason to do that this year. So that, I think that's, that's more kind of the case. And I think it'll even out to where Sanders might get a little bit more of the work um, barring any sort of injury. Uh, you know, situation. Is David Montgomery now a fantasy RB1? <sighs> Still not enough pass catch. I was hoping he would be more involved in the pass. Now he would look dynamite running the ball. So yeah. if you're worried about, you you know, sort of the physical traits and if he's going to be able to break away from yeah. defense, all that, like the guy's got great ability. And I think yeah. he's, he's proving that yet again. But, you know, they use Damian Williams for, you know, five targets. Uh, and that pretty much took, most of the running back targets, David Montgomery had one and he had caught that for 10 yards. But other than that, not involved kind of in the passing game here. Yeah. Nagy's going to naggy. Yeah, uh, really, it truly is <laughs> like David Montgomery should have had probably close to 20 carries in this game. Maybe yeah, more. Yeah. Yeah. He, he is not, he is not utilized to his full, to his full ability uh, with that current uh, coaching situation. I, I, I love the talent. I just don't, I don't like that trajectory. I, I, I still think you can still put him in in a DFS lineups and still use him in seasonal, and he's going to be, you know, largely productive. I just there's going to be weeks where he is not used correctly, and you know, Nagy's got this bad habit of wanting to do more trick plays than normal plays, and it's going to get it. We're going to have some weeks where he's going to do that crap, and it's just going to piss you off. Uh, yeah, Atlanta, there's, we are at the point now, there's no use of using running back in Atlanta because Mike Davis can't, he's not going to take that job and Connor all Patterson. You're not putting in. I'm sorry. I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm going to take a wait and see approach on that because yep. Atlanta, Atlanta is, I knew there they was look like be, a mess. They're going to be a yeah. bad team this year. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, and they, uh, they don't necessarily have all the personnel that they need to run the 
packages that that new coaching staff wants to run in. I mean, they have the tight ends, which I think that'll that'll improve a little bit just as as the weeks go on and as this offense gets fully implemented. But yeah, they their defense is still is still disastrous with the personnel, and then their offensive line is still not anything to be scared of. So uh, aside from Calvin Ridley, uh, Pitts, and I mean, it's pretty much that's it, really right? it. Yeah, that's yeah. that's really it. If you want to go with Hurst, I, I think he gets he's going to continue to receive enough targets in the passing game to be uh, to be fantasy viable. You just temper your expectations for Atlanta for a while now. Now, this one, you know, Najee Harris, 16 carries, 45 yards and also had three targets, but only one of those he was able to grab 100 percent of the snaps, though. I mean, eventually, in time, do you think? Like, I think this is going to be. This is great. He's getting 100 percent of the snaps. We know that he is mm-hmm. the sole, you know, running back that they are going to use, and he's going to get 100 percent of the snaps, and he's going to get all of the carries and touches out of that backfield. You know, is it just, you know, is he going to have enough games where he's able to break free from what is a bad offensive line? Uh, is this, you know, this is why Najee Harris basically an RB two, right? He's going to get 100 percent of the snaps, but it just comes down to can the Steelers mm-hmm. actually block for him? Yeah, and that's I mean, he's gonna be fine most weeks, but I think yeah. if you're like for wanting to go ahead and make sure you lock him in as a starter or as a uh, as a DFS play, you need to look at it, you know, situationally. Look at look Very. at the look at the 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 defenses that they're gonna be going against. Cause I mean, Buffalo has has made some improvements on that side of the ball and their their offensive line isn't isn't put together very well. I know they they just they brought in a new offensive line coach and they're trying to change some things around and they're putting a lot of effort into that. But give give it a few weeks. I don't I don't think we're going to see Najee, you know, uh, struggle continuously. I think over here pretty soon, I think uh, I think Pittsburgh's they're going to be good enough to where Najee's going to be able to go off. Yeah, I think so. I think that running game is going to hit sort of a groove and he will as well. You know, we saw him break yeah. away a couple of runs. So I, I think in time, you know, his the 100 percent of the snaps are, are going to to be fruitful very soon. Yeah, his his talent's gonna gonna override a lot of the weaknesses in that offensive line here before too long. They just gotta they they gotta reach a point where they're kind of comfortable with where they're at, and then Najee will he will take off. Uh, he's he's way too talented to not to not put together some big games. Yeah. Uh, so let's go over to the wide receivers now as we're going through some targets and touches here. WindDailySports.com, sponsored by the Sharp app. Subscribe, Windaily Sports for gold membership. By the way, week one, we did fantastic. We already had a uh, subscriber win 10K. Big T was winning all over the place. So a lot of big winners already this season. And, of course, the Van Jefferson first touchdown sticks. You That you, plus. Use uh, SOB uh, hitting oh, that yeah. one already. But uh, yeah. plus eight? Plus 8,000. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was something ridiculous. Uh, but we had a great weekend. First week of the NFL season at Windaily Sports, and we're trying to do it again, and we'll do it again for week two. Make sure to subscribe, windailysports.com. Sign up for gold membership. Use the promo code NFL2021 for $100 off of a six-month gold membership. So let's go to the wide receivers. Uh, and there were a lot of, I mean, games where 50 passes in these yeah, games, we've been ridiculous passing numbers. Do you expect that to continue? Because if that happens, then Shark, Jones, and Chenault are all viable. You know, if that happens in Dallas again, then Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, 
and CD Lamb are all viable options. You know, if, well, right, if, right now it's going to be uh, Cedric uh, and Cedric Wilson. Yes, yep. yes. So, I mean, what's what's one's passing offenses now that you saw with that high volume? Do you think is repeatable? Like, I just. I, I don't find Jacksonville to be, and so we'll break that down a little bit more, but you know, is that what we can expect mostly out of Dallas? You know, that all three guys and now Wilson because of an injury that are going to be involved for the entire game because they're just going to throw as many times as they can. Well, I mean, Dallas's defense isn't it, it isn't anything right. that I've ever been scared from. So I mean, I think these high total games for Dallas are gonna continue. That's why I was I was so high on like uh, on those on Dax props uh, um at the beginning of the season for like, was it 32 and a half touchdowns or something like that? Or 33 and a half. I was taking the over on that and I didn't even think twice about it. Uh, you know, Cooper and CD lamb and now probably Dalton Schultz to an extent is probably going to get a boost. And I, I'm probably a little more bullish next week on Ezekiel Elliott, but I'll break that down in my running back article. Um, there's, there's just so, so much offensive potential there. And I think they can feed all of them just, because of the way that they play. Yeah, definitely can. And uh, I think there are a couple of, you know, offenses here that we're really going to have to see, you know, this week to what exactly they are. Uh, again, Jacksonville is the one that kind of leads the way here of, I yeah. don't think they're going to be dropping back 50 times every single game. So I hope not. no, I hope I'm not. right. I hope not. I mean, it would be great for, you know, those that have Trevor Lawrence and all of these wide receivers, so I'll ask you this then. If we do see that, I mean, we could expect that to maybe be cut in half this week uh, against Denver. So let's just say that those passing numbers get cut in half. Who is the one still going to get the majority of the targets here? Because it was split pretty evenly. That's going to happen, though, when you throw the ball over 50 times. So, like, were, were you more impressed by Chark? Chark led the way with 12 targets. Mm -hmm. You know, it was Chenault and Marvin Jones both had nine. Jones was the one that caught the most, but uh, DJ Chark had the most yards. So how, how did you kind of sort out that wide receiver group for Jacksonville? Because there seems I, like there is going to be some fantasy value here. Those guys there, are good. There is. And, I, you know, I've liked, I liked all those guys at their, at their draft stock before the, the season started. But I, I, I think Chark is the most physically talented of all of them, like as far as just getting down the field and making these big plays. That's my personal opinion on it. They – uh so if we're looking at if we're looking at one guy that we might want to target against Denver, I, I'd personally go for Shark. Yeah, Shark. Uh, Shark was Shark was fantastic. I still I think it's it's clear. Like Chanel's good, but to me, it's, yeah. if I want to wide receivers, it's going to be Marvin Jones or DJ Shark. Like those are the two guys that I'm going to take. Yeah, I don't want to get yeah. too cute with Shark yet. Once Urban Meyer decides to get more cute with him and involve him in the rush, running game, he only had one carry for nine yards. You know, if he if he decides to get cute with them and start using them a little bit more, then I'd be thinking about it. But as of right yeah. now, in terms of their traditional drop back passing offense, it's more likely going to be DJ Chark and Marvin Jones each week that are going to be the top two guys. What surprised you the most in terms of wide receivers and some of the targets that were handed out? Was it? I mean, Miami's a little bit of an interesting one because Devontae Parker had seven targets, which is one more than Waddle. So Parker's yeah. still going to be involved here. But was there, were there any surprises in terms of targets? Well, if we go all the way back to Thursday, I was actually kind of surprised with I, I know Antonio. I thought Antonio Brown was going to take a step forward, but I didn't think that he was going to take so much. Right. Be like Evans the almost share. look like the number one guy, to be honest. Yeah, him, with you. Like, well, him and, him, and, him and Gronk. It's like 2015 yeah. all over again. It, yeah. It's 
these guys both look like they've rolled back the clock and it's it's pretty i know it's pretty early on in the season but and then uh also i was a little bit surprised at iuk but we already kind of talked about that i was a little bit surprised that they didn't utilize them enough but then we found out the injury information after the game so that that was that was a little bit surprising and Zach Wilson for the Jets. I want to take another a closer look at his film, but that guy, well, both him and um, oh, what's his name over there in New, uh, New England, um, Mac Mac Jones. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah, that 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 guy, the guy that replaced Cam. Look, he made he he made several throws on Sunday that Cam Newton just cannot make. So I am really like that that one he threw to James White down the field. Cam doesn't have that throw in his arsenal. He does not have that. So I, I'm I'm going to look a little more about at the film with both of these, both of those teams specifically, and just kind of and try to dissect that because I think there might be something there that we can take advantage of later on down the year that we can really, really use in DFS. Yeah, look, the Patriots in terms of target splits. I mean, Mac Jones had 39 attempts, but seven targets for Aguilar, seven for James White, nine for Jacoby Myers. Five for John U. Smith, three for Hunter Henry. So, yep. you know, I, obviously they're not going to drop back 39 times. And that's the hard part is, you know, do we see this shift in kind of offenses? You know, even with New England, that they're just going to drop back this many times because this is the league now and this yeah. is how teams expect to win. If it is, then we need to take a very close look at how we utilize our flex positions. Yes, absolutely. I agree. Like, because for years I have been a running back first guy because I like the guaranteed touches. Um, and that's, you know, our mentality has been for years to to load up on running back depth because you never know when you're going to need it. And the you want to be kind of ahead of that mind shift uh, my, in mindset shift if you want to go ahead and take advantage of it before other people start catching on. But if, if we continue to see 40 and 50 passes from from these quarterbacks or where they just abandon the run altogether, uh, we may need to go ahead and and change the way that we're thinking about how we utilize our our uh, DFS lineups and the flex positions and how we draft going forward. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely because I mean this might be the a precursor and you know that we we've been watching this league change over the years, yeah. but this was the first time really that I, it was eye opening the amount of passing numbers. And, yeah, and it and it very well may be just a week one overreaction. And absolutely, absolutely yeah. could be one hundred percent. Yeah, 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 and we all tend to do that. We've been watching for months, and then things don't quite play out the way that we think they are. So it, it's. We'll see week two if 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 we see trends continue like this, then it it's going to behoove us to get ahead of the curve. Yeah, and uh, we may be switching over to. I think you're right. Wide receivers going into the uh, the flex here in a bit. But all right, so final things. Uh, I know we went over a lot there in terms of running backs and wide receivers. So just your final thoughts, especially heading into uh, week two. Uh, what what are some of the guys that you saw get? targets or touches that you think okay you know week two i'm gonna try that again or at least i'm going to i i, I think that's gonna happen again like what are the guys uh, in week two that you're you're kind of relying on here actually i'm gonna go be a little bit oh i'm still gonna go with antonio brown because i think that continues yep. um I, I just put in my flex for week two already i i yep. have him ready to go i'm worth yeah i'm willing to try that again 
Absolutely. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, somebody for the tight end position that I'm actually interested in, in looking at is Noah Fant with Judy out. Yeah, future. I think he gets more benefit than like a Tim Patrick does, and even I, Tim Patrick does kind of be the direct replacement for mm-hmm. uh for Jerry Judy. But don't forget KJ Hamler too. If he didn't drop that deep touchdown pass, which is right in his hands, he would have had a huge fantasy day. So keep your eye on him as well. Uh, I think they're going to utilize him more in trying to get downfield. Yep, and somebody that maybe may stay sneaky is somebody like a Cole Beasley getting 13 targets. God, yeah. Uh, like, he's just, every year in and year out, he gets overlooked, and at the end of the year, he's always, you know, right around 80, 90, 100 catches and right around yep. 1,000 yards, and it's just year in and year out, and people people don't realize it. So that's somebody to, that I'd be willing to take a look at next week, too, just after we after I look at all the game film. Yeah. So that is it for targets and touches. And we're going to have much more for you this week here. WindailySports.com. week two coming up. We had a great week one looking forward to a great week two, And you can get in on all of the fun over at Windaily sports, WindailySports.com. subscribe for a gold membership. Use the promo code NFL 2021. That is still active. If you use that promo code, you'll get a six month Gold membership at Win Daily Sports for $100 off. So make sure to subscribe and join in on the fun all season long. Also, this is sponsored by the Sharp app. Go to sharp.app or go to any of the app stores, whatever you uh, prefer, whatever one you go to, and just search up the Sharp app. That is it for us. I am John Jansen. Follow me at JJansen34. That is Stoby, my guy, at S-T-O-W-E-B-Y. Tomorrow we'll be back with Tony Cotillo, and that'll be a 6 o'clock start with Tony here at WindailySports.com. So we'll be back tomorrow, but be sure, subscribe on our YouTube channel at Windaily Sports, and be sure to always check out WindailySports.com. <laughs>